is Friday the 1st of September. I'm Miranda Sawyer and my pencil case is covered in crumbly mixed concrete. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we scour the papers for correctly used noun phrases and fronted adverbials. Oh no, where we scour the papers for original reporting, great jokes, brilliant writing and whether they've put the date in the margin and underlined it using a ruler. We're out mid-morning every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, so hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. School's out for autumn. Government tells over 100 schools that they must immediately shut their buildings because they're made of unsafe material. Join up or ship out. Is national service for 16-year-olds a good idea? Penny Morden thinks so. And he shoots, he snores. Super striker Erling Haaland reveals his top tips for a good night's sleep. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've forged a doctor's note to Miss P.E. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me on the show today is columnist and excellent Mac wearer, Marie Leconte. Hello, Marie. Hello. Also with us is comedian and triumphant short sporter, Finn Taylor. That sounds like a slur, short sporter. <laughs> that really old-fashioned slur for gay, just yeah, back yeah. in the 80s. <laughs> Mike next door is a bit of a short sporter. Um, well, you you hello, do it triumphantly. Mike. Thank you. What have we got on our front pages today, Marie? Um, in the Telegraph, we've got the big school story, even though they've gone for a slightly weird angle. So they said lockdown returns, the schools shut over fears of collapse. And talk about this a fair bit later. Um, then in the eye, uh, we have the same uh, story. So thousands of children face homeschooling for weeks. With a slightly less uh, mad headline, I would say. <laughs> Um, and then uh, you'll be shocked to hear, Miranda, uh, the <laughs> Times has gone big on this as well with schools to turn pupils away over collapse risk. Okay. So it's all very much a united front here. Yes, in lo- a lot of schools collapsing. Uh, Finn, what have you got? The Guardian has the school story as well and a photo of Grant Shapps making the most confident stride I've ever... <laughs> I think you'd almost call that a slut drop, almost, actually. Um, the Daily Mail... Doesn't go with the schools. Uh, just how callous can you get? And it's about uh, more junior doctor strikes. And then the Daily Star, as ever, in its own world, um, has a story about how people called Dave moan more than Doing other sex? than other people. <laughs> uh, no, uh, just just I think moan because uh, obviously the name Dave is quite a common name. Yes, so they're more likely to moan than other people. Dave, Sarah, Paul, James and Emma are Britain's biggest moaners. Okay, they've formed a little gang. That's quite sweet. Um, What's the headline? Oh, stop your mithering, Dave. No, you're so southern. It's mithering. Is it? (laughs) Yeah, it's so stop your mithering, Dave. I've never seen that word before in my life. Yeah, okay, you really are southern. (laughs) Well, I'm very southern, yeah, if you think about it. You don't know mithering either? No. Okay, so... Mithering is kind of mithering. What... <laughs> it's mithering. Stop your mithering. So it's kind of what children do when they moan at you, like that's mithering. And but so it's moaning and bothering. That's quite a northern noise, to be fair. So there you go. It's aimed at the northerners. Right. Now, on the front page of most of the papers is the news that 156 schools were told by the Department of Education yesterday that they must shut all or some of their buildings due to them being made from rack, reinforced autoclaved aerated concrete, sometimes called crumbly mixed concrete or aero concrete. 
due to it having a lot of holes in the mix. It's 70% air, apparently. Anyway, fun news for schools, which go back on kind of Tuesday and Wednesday next week. Marie, this is a story that's been brewing for actually several years, but it's suddenly all come to a head. Mm. Oh, no, it is incredible to see in the stories that um, so the problems were already being identified in the 90s because uh, all of that stuff was installed a very long time ago, has a relatively short life. Um, and yet, as early as the yeah, 90s, and again in 2002, the Times tells us, um, building research establishment, a scientific centre, described problems with um, the roof planks in question. So, so the fact that that all came in, you know, A, years later, and B, just days before schools were meant to come back, does seem completely insane. It is completely insane. I mean, weirdly, I know about this because I'm the chair of governors at a school where th- this mm. has happened and we've had to move the kids out. And the reason why it's all come in really suddenly is essentially... Um, uh, a roof collapsed in a school in uh, 2018. In it was in Gravesend in Kent, and so the, obviously the, gov- the, the government were a bit like, okay, we really need to sort this out. Maybe we'll try and find out. Took a bit of a while to get themselves going. Then lockdown happened, and so then in t- 2022 they said, okay, fill in this, fill in this form, schools, go, go mm. out and fill in form. Of course, schools are quite busy, so they fill it in at, right at the end of the year. Basically, they're like, oh, we've got to do fill in this form. We'll fill it in. Mm. And if they filled it in kind of fairly promptly, which our school did, then somebody would come round and basically poke a hole in the ceiling and go, yeah, you've got a rack. And as soon as they say you've got a rack, you cut the, the, it's shut. Oh. Mm. And you can't take anything out of the classrooms. You can't go in. It's, I mean, it's really, that really feels a bit difficult. silly. So the like, kids, the kids able... that are in the classroom, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the they're just stuck. <laughs> just stuck <laughs> yeah, in there. forever and ever. Mum! <laughs> So that that's what happened. But then all these surveys are kind of just coming in now. All the kind of contractors go around and go, I'm really sorry, this is what happened. And the school's shut. Mm. And the difficulty is obviously that most schools don't have anywhere to go. Mm. Because if you're in inner city schools, you can't really, you know, there's no space. The only reason why the school that I'm the chair of governors of was okay was because we found it out in July and then we kind of scoured the area and actually there was a school that had been shut down very recently due to lack of pupils so we could kind of decant the kids into there how long does it take to replace this sort of stuff then well so the problem is that the basically of course the government now they're faced with like a hundred schools want to do it really quick Mm. so you move all the kids out which is really hard it's really really difficult just really basic things like you know i'm I'm very much picturing so like literally picking up the kids one by one yeah i mean it's a bit it's also a little bit like kind of if you know schools mostly it's in order Mm. to teach kids it's setting the environment up so that you can teach them Mm. so like you know if you walk into a secondary school the deaths are too high for seven-year-olds they can't you know it's really difficult but so um they go out, so you've made all this effort to put them into another school, and then the government go in, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, we'll prop it up, it'll take 10 days. And you're like, that's not really good enough. Because yeah. then you have to move them all back, and yeah. then eventually you have to get it done again. Huh. So it's quite a Do you remember how situation. small the toilets at primary school yeah. were? Yeah. Like, yeah. if you walk into them as an adult, you're like, this is mad. This is yeah. basically a French, no offence, one of those French toilets <laughs> that's just in the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So if they then moved into a big school, it's quite intimidating. Yeah, you know, cr- little ladder to get mm. up. Little ladder to get up to do pee pee. Although I feel like on a, on a slightly positive note, like it is good that that was found out before something happened because from the from the way you know every story talks about it, it looked like any of those roofs could have collapsed mm. at any point. So probably good that for once the government was like, oh, let's maybe move everyone out um, before some kid gets seriously hurt. So, also, yay. who is making air? Roofs. 
<laughs> I feel like we should go back to the manufacturers in the 60s or this one. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it was like it's still used now, but it's not used in the same what? way. Now, isn't Why? the problem that it's got quite a strict shelf life? So it's about yeah. 30 years and basically it's fine for 30 years, but then... It is no longer fine. So the idea is more that it needs to be replaced. Um, because they didn't realise. It was like, I mean, it was literally kind of done in the 1950s. Yeah. So, like, they just kind of thought, oh, this seems nice, quite light, concrete. But yeah. then over the time, because it's 70% air, it fills up with water. Yes. Oh, <laughs> due to Britain. So I don't yeah. know why I'm laughing. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly it just cracks and goes. Yeah. So it is, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. And also a lot of the place, it's not just schools, it's hospitals. Great. Really Courts. good stuff, this. <laughs> Let's take all the na- critical infrastructure and make it out of fucking aero. What a brilliant yeah. idea. <laughs> I know, exactly. I mean, you have to feel for parents, don't you? Imagine, oh, my like- God. I mean, my daughter's two, and I'm already excited about her going to school. <laughs> like, the idea that she wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Well, like, even when she's off nursery, my our, our entire week just goes into tailspin because you've yeah. got to rearrange your lives. I can't imagine what it would be like for parents who are clawing to the end of summer. Yeah, yeah, especially now where it feels really cruel of being like, you thought you'd done it, yeah, you yeah. thought it was You've over. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Awful. Exactly, awful. and now you're homeschooling your... Mm. And I feel like again. I know, so my neighbour, and I, I've got a lovely building, but um, her daughter is currently, I mean, most days just roaming around the corridor pretending to be a ghost, mm. which I love. That's clearly the mm. mum being like, I don't get... Fine, yeah. fine, go haunt the neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's got a few more weeks of haunting to do. Mm. Um uh, Marie, there's a kind of link here to Rishi's teeny tiny cabinet shuffle that took place yesterday with, you know, including... A shuffleino. A shuffleino, exactly, including the Ugh, lovely... That's <laughs> a disgusting word. A little reshufflet. <laughs> <laughs> For the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> including Grant Schaff and his, sex, Grant and his sexy walk. Mm. And also Claire Coutinho. Who's she? Uh, yes, uh, she's quite interesting. So she uh, is a former Spad, uh, then got elected in 2019, and I think was widely predicted to be a rising star from day one. She's she's very good. Um, and then, yeah, became a junior minister quite quickly, which fine, but then has jumped straight. So she wasn't even a minister of state, and she's jumped straight into being a secretary of state and so replacing Grand Chaps, which is, again, she was a government special advisor back in 2019 so that is an incredible rise actually even quicker than Rishi Sunak um, mostly because she was children's minister before that um, and it is one of those jobs that you know over the past sort of you know seven years has had about 85 different MPs doing it so it's probably again it's one of those um, things where you know it, it's not certain that you know that there's a direct kind of like link of cause and effect here but it definitely does not help that most departments just have had such an amount of churn of especially you know, secretaries of state obviously but also junior ministers never stay in the same brief mm. uh, for more than about 17 seconds so can't quite get to grips with them um, the, the fact issues. that most of the schools are made out of aero <laughs> <laughs> yeah they missed it <laughs> they missed it maybe <laughs> also missed... how many jobs has grant chaps had in a, in a uh, year five cabinet jobs in a year what have you got to do to... I mean, this guy, he doesn't do anything. He just sort of moves around. He, I think the weird thing is that he really enjoys doing quite camp little videos for social media. Mm. And I am really curious to see what he does with defence. Because <laughs> like, yeah. as Transport Secretary, he did lots of, yeah, really fun little, you know, social media clips. And I'm now like... You're gonna you're gonna be weird about being in a tank like you you are. Do you yeah. reckon him and Matt Hancock are gonna have like a YouTuber boxing fight at the end of all this? <laughs> oh, That's where this is going. God. Hancock and Chaps in the ring.
Now, here's an exciting trend story in The Times about Man City's Rapunzel Trest striker Erling Haaland and his unusual sleep habits. PFA Player of the Year Haaland went on Logan Paul's podcast and said that sleep is the most important thing in the world. So he wears blue light blocking glasses for three hours before he retires. And when he actually gets into bed, he tapes his mouth up. Mm. (laughs) Finn, does this sound reasonable to you? This is what I do. This is every day before I go to bed, I um, take my mouth up and then I put a bag over my head and I get in the wardrobe and get my uh, bit of rope. Anyway, um, no, it's it's something to do with um, breathing through your mouth, right? Yeah. Um, Sleep apnea is a big thing where apparently you, it's dangerous to... Yeah, it's that it's noise. Really bad. No, it's really bad for your heart. It's really yeah. bad for your mouth. Like, again, I, I've fallen down in uh, a hypochondria rabbit hole uh, before on this. So, yeah, like, it's really bad for your heart, really bad for your mouth and general health. Like, it's actually bad for your brain as well. Like, it's one of those weird things where, yeah, mouth breathing is so just... He sort, of, he sort of wears a gimp mask and goes to sleep. <laughs> Um, but he also must do something with his hair, is what I think, because his hair is so lovely. I mean, it's, yeah. he must wrap his hair before he goes. Oh, to and bed. I still like silk, kind of like yeah, cap silk, thing. Yeah. yeah, silk, maybe silk pillowcase. Do you think oh. as well? I would say a but, fresher's boy. Yeah, I mean, have you? tried any of these you have insomnia Marie have you tried I any do. of these techniques no so I went through a big phase of convincing myself I had sleep apnea um, and I did nearly buy the mouth little thingy so it's literally just a little bit of tape you buy and you tape your mouth um, but then it would actually I, I read up on it and and apparently actually doctors are not thrilled that influencers have made it a massive thing so that it can work but it's really one of those where you have to go see your doctor and then they will decide if that's the right thing to do for you or not um, so yes yeah, so, so maybe not ideal that you know the papers are now like hey this footballer does this everyone should do it as well um, yeah it's terrifying to me I can't imagine anything worse going to bed and like yeah. it's just horrible but anyway Harland is also you know I mean obviously he's a healthy person and he drinks kale smoothies which seems fairly yeah. reasonable but he also eats ox hearts yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> As do you, Finn. That's a strong. That's a str- yeah. You gag your. You gag yourself to go to sleep. Wake up and eat an ox heart. I mean, that's worse than your breakfast. Ox heart and kale. Oh my smoothie. god, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> but also the thing that's kind of weird about it is, he's, so he's on Logan Paul's podcast because he's been sponsored by Prime. Do you know Prime? I know Prime. So Prime, the kind of madly the energy popular drink that's energy like seven drink, quid or something. Yeah, which is created by Logan Paul and KSI, who's also a YouTuber. YouTuber and Harlan. YouTuber. Harlan, YouTuber and. <laughs> Uh, yeah, trying to make it sound a little better. <laughs> and he and Harland is now sponsored by Prime, mm-hmm. which seems very odd. It's not very healthy, surely. Have you tried it? No. Oh, I have. Have you? Yeah, what of course. Mixing like? your children at the relevant you know, age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's just rubbish. I mean, it's not even. It doesn't even taste like Red Bull. Because I mean, I don't like Red Bull, but at least when you drink it, you think. Oh, that's definitely working. I, it's a, you know <laughs> yeah, from the yeah. taste. Just tastes like it. Just tastes like weak squash. So I wouldn't recommend. I have to say, um, so news you can use. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, in the Guardian, speaking of sleep, there's a piece about how to nap successfully with different techniques. Shall I talk you through them? Would Please, you like Please okay. do. Okay, there is the calf nap. Mm. Right. So this is where you need to go to sleep you feel like you need a nap but you drink an espresso beforehand and then you go to sleep and the caffeine will just wake you up after 20 minutes that is and, good I've tried that and I've done that before and you've shot yourself in your sleep <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> I've not tried that yet the timing yeah. is unfortunate here sleep, like, <laughs> sleep like a baby i.e. wake up covered in shit <laughs> 
Or there's the steel ball technique. This is really weird. That feels quite kinky. Mm. It does feel kinky. And, and uh, da- Salvador Dali used to use it, so maybe. Oh. But he you, basically, you go to sleep and you hold a heavy object in your hand, like a steel ball. Of course, you've got a steel ball available. <laughs> One uh, of my many steel balls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when so that means that when you doze off, your hand kind of goes a little bit limp and the ball falls to the floor and you wake up. This seems a terrible idea to me. I would just get really into my own head about it, I think, being like, is it about to drop? 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 drop?" And then I would not sleep and then I would be even more anxious. But also there's a certain generation of men who can fall asleep in a chair holding their phone whilst looking at it and then the phone falls away and they still fall asleep. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think. And then all... they get up and say, I was just resting my eyes. They say that thing. <laughs> exactly. I think all these kind of sleep techniques don't, I mean, they basically f- don't really work for men of a certain age because they can just sleep through anything. They snore like mad. You could tape their mouths up, it wouldn't make any difference. And, you know, they could fall asleep during a kind of bomb raid. It's but also, when I nap, when I do nap, I wake up and I feel like I've been taken hostage. I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> fuck, ah! Like, yeah. I'm so, it's like, terrified. Yeah. And the rest of my day is awful. Mm. Yeah, so maybe no, it's better you don't sleep. Mm. It's better. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeeda Farsi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here at Paper Cuts, we love our headlines. Short, sharp and savage is our preference, but funny, punny and sunny will also do. And we know you listeners love great headlines too. So why not rush to Paper Cuts show on X and Threads to find a story in desperate need of a decent header? Send in your suggestion under the hashtag FixTheHeadline and if you're the winner, we'll send you an exclusive and highly chic Paper Cuts t-shirt. What are you waiting for? Um... Let's have a look at the other headlines. What great headlines do we actually have in the papers today, Finn? Well, the Star and the Mirror both have good headlines about the story that the Loch Ness Monster has been uh, photographed, back, supposedly. Back, back. Um, the Mirror goes with, what does that look like to you? Good. And the Star goes with, another find Ness. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Um, I'm going to be honest with no, you. No, they're not. They're not great. But um, the, my favourite is in the Telegraph uh, lifestyle section, um, which is costly, sour, and hard work. It's Megan's new lemon cake. <laughs> um, and then there's also they throw shade even at the person who wrote it. Where they got a photo of the person who wrote it eating it, and it, the sub is a little wet and claggy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's my favourite. Yeah, that one wins. Okay, Marie, what do you have? Um, In the mail, we've got a story about a Yorkshire fracking site which will be the first in the UK to test extraction of energy from the Earth's core. And they went with, heat by gum. Um, Mm. Which, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. But no, no, my absolute favourite is, um, so the Sun has a story on, so I will start many elements here. First one is that the stand first of the story is Liam Gallagher's holiday home is being invaded by randy swingers, which I love because like, there's the idea here of like also swingers who are not that randy. <laughs> like, no, technically swingers, but just can't really be bothered. It's a job. <laughs> uh, 
Um, the headline is, what's the story? Mooning glory. Yeah, not bad. Which is great. But then like, clearly, I think it, it must have been one of those where in the newsroom, they couldn't quite pick the headline. So decided to do a little box at the bottom. Like the Oasis on top 10, uh, including heaving chemistry, rock and roll starkers. <laughs> Stop trying your part out. I would say the laziest one is... Champagne Super Legover, and that's which quite good. It's rubbish. Surely, um, Champagne Super Bono, surely, where you go. Yeah, that, that would be, yeah. Um, oh, no. Oh, God. Don't look back in Dangler. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet, probably my favourite, because it's the worst, is Slide Wahey. <laughs> Slide Wahey. <laughs> Now, on the front page of the I Today is a piece by Sebastian Payne about national service. Young people are happy and unmoored. The answer is national service, he says. This has come out of a report by Think Tank Onward, backed by Penny Mordant, that suggests that a new Great British National Service should be created that automatically signs up every 16-year-old in the UK. (laughs) Stop laughing, Finn. (laughs) Penny's very excited about this idea, Marie. Should she be? I mean, she can be. I'm not sure, you know, we also have to feel as excited as her. Um, No, it's a weird, but I I swear that's the kind of story that comes back every sort of like year or two years. There's always some Tory who's like, I want to appeal to our traditional voters who hate the young with a burning passion. Um, But I have run out of ideas. So national service it is. But but again, I'm struggling to get sort of like exercised either way here because it just keeps coming back. But, you know, I think Penny as well is a bit of a weird one because she will pop up every sort of six months and be like, I have had a thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, her thought, I think, is kind of aimed at yeah, a telegraph reader, really. So she said she was inspired by volunteers during COVID when she was coordinator for national resilience in the cabinet office. And she says, this is just so designed to kind of get the telegraph readers going. The full answer to national resilience lay in willing, capable organised, motivated and skilled volunteers. <laughs> Holding the sword. I like it. Um, isn't there a version of this in France, Marie? Oh, God, there is a beautiful version of this in France where technically we, we do have absolutely mandatory national service, um, but it's only one day. Um, and basically you, you turn up and you get shouted out a bit by army men. Then you have some chicken and chips. That is the most important part. It is always a plate of chicken and chips. And then you basically look at some slides about war, I think. Um, and then you go home. And technically, I think you're not able to have, like, because you have to do it before you turn 18. You can't have a driving license or a job, I think, technically, if you've not done that. But I've not done it because I moved here before turning 18. So I am an outlaw. You are. And so if you went back to France, you couldn't get a job. I don't, I mean, I think like, it, it is possible. They just said that to scare us at the time. Um, but no, so that the, the um, French embassy did briefly find me in London when I was 19 um, and I ghosted them. Um, you haven't done your one day of eating chicken and chips. I have not. Which is ironic because wasn't that what happened in 1940? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the love so of Nazis were interrupting people <laughs> eating chicken and chips. It's also very, I mean, I can't believe that your reaction is so French that you don't even do it. <laughs> you don't even do, do it. it. Just shrug your shoulders. <laughs> um, Finn, what do you think? National well, service? Well, it's just quite, it's like that thing where they introduce a policy that is like, okay, academically, I see the logic, but then have you met 16-year-olds nowadays? 
I mean, look, the guy who's written that Sebastian Payne is actually the Guinness World Record holder, holder for the most amount of wedgies ever received. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think this is, this is going to be four. Is the kids who don't opt out are going to be the kids that get bullied the most, aren't they? Yeah. So maybe that maybe that would be good because then they could learn how to you know I don't know get like... themselves out of a wheelie bin. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say hold a pretend gun. <laughs> he actually wrote this article from upside down in a recycling bin. <laughs> so we're saying national service no. Um, well, I look, I get it, but I just don't I think practically everyone's just going to opt out. But I think so. That the one, the, the one serious point I will make is that so that there's actually another thing in France which is voluntary, and you do it for a year. I think it's called service civique or something, uh, and you choose to do it for a year if you're not really sure what you're doing with your life, and you actually get involved in the community, do lots of different things, etc. And I know actually several people who've done it, um, and and who generally you know had maybe studied or given up on their studies, had no idea what they wanted to do, uh, and were uh, you know kind of a bit lost in life and did it, and actually, you know found it really rewarding so 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 i think i don't hate the idea of saying you know building this thing but crucially making it voluntary and yeah. my my sense would be surely it would be you know you know how you always hear like lisa and andy going on about towns and buses and stuff and you think there's like a localism problem like surely if you get kids who are of that age to do something local then they'll feel more moored in that place which will stop them everyone the brain drain of what like national service is so like airy and loft like what does it actually mean you're going, to, you're going to go and walk in the Yorkshire Dales and get a badge or something. But if you're actually doing something in your where you live, then maybe they'd be more into it. I don't know. Now, somewhere in the middle between the front page Ferrari and the football frenzy is the fun stuff of the papers where they tell us what we should be wearing, where we should be going and what daft trend we should definitely embrace until a new type of air fryer or a normal trousers comes along. Finn, there's a couple of diets you might like to try. Yes, in the Times it says that drinking beer uh, improves your immune system. <laughs> it does. It, it says it literally on the front page. Um, this is from the same people who researched that porn and pizza is good for your skin. <laughs> um, <laughs> male scientists, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> What will they discover next? So that so you've got beer. This supposedly can uh, boost the immune system, although sensible consumption apparently. Um, and then, but also in the Telegraph, the Telegraph has discovered that lots of people haven't got something. I think is called choline, and we can do choline, choline <laughs> which is um, a brain building building nutrient. Um, oh, and where is it found, Miranda? Is it perchance found in egg yolks, Finn, which I have for breakfast every day, meaning I will live forever. Oh, okay. There's so... nothing wrong with eggs for breakfast. It's having them in fucking teriyaki sauce or whatever you do. <laughs> Rice. <laughs> Cold. Um, so, obviously, you're full warm, of choline. Yeah. And, um, you, it's Sounds it's weirdly it... filthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, eggs, fish, chicken, <laughs> meat. <laughs> Is that the hormone that helps men with the girth of... Um... <laughs> Finn, I, I won't know. finish that. Um, so, yes, but basically what the Telegraph and the Times are telling us is eat meat and drink beer. Although, sorry, just to finish my thought, I did oh, get, God. I got DM'd by um, uh, Magnum and I, saying, we can send you some free stuff. And I was like, sure, I love ice cream. But it turns out it was, because um, all my followers are sort of lost young men, 
uh, it was extra large condoms. <laughs> so I've got I've been sent this gift pack of extra large condoms. I I can't use them unless 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 Baggy Fit is back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the days of skinny jeans are over. Also, but... that feels kind of rude if it was someone being like, "I met your kid. Awful. Stop doing that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if anyone, any listeners are uh, particularly well endowed, let me know and I'll send them some. Um, my wife doesn't want them in the house anymore. So I've got to get rid of them. Water balloons. That's true. Yeah. 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 Very large water balloons. <laughs> Very large water balloons. Unusual hats. All sorts. Um, in the star also, there's a follow-up. There was a beer goggles. Beer goggles don't work sensational story that the star had on the front page a couple of days ago. And um, the star were very upset about the idea that beer goggles didn't work, but it's supposedly proved by scientists. And now they found someone who said that they do work. Yeah, this is a very brave man. It's Mike Tyndall, <laughs> who says, uh, who is happily married, and he says, beer goggles definitely work for me. <laughs> what a way to enamour yourself with your royal wife. Uh, yeah. OK, Marie, there's another story in The Times about, um, well, about alcohol, actually. Um, what is it? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, I worry my countrymen will not come out of this particularly well. Uh, so Champagne Patriarch, as The Times call him, uh, Pierre-Emmanuel Tatanger, uh, once joked that he was paid to drink, eat and make love. Um, but that has landed him in court um, because he had a mistress for quite a long time who then threatened to kill him um, and also... Stab him in the dick, um, yeah. I believe. Uh, and so, or, yeah. so you said his name in a beautifully French way. Mm. I'm going to say it in an English way. His surname is Tattinger. Tattinger, as as mate. <laughs> <laughs> get, the, get the tats bit, on, bit right? tatty, yeah. He was, so, Tattinger gazer. <laughs> so he is like, he runs Champagne. He owns Champagne. He does, he does. Um, and he had a mistress for some years, um, but then... Um, things went a bit sour. Like it's it's a bit of a weird story because one half of it is hysterical. Um, so she went to confront him at the family home. Not much happened, but then she texted him, if I had running shoes on, I would have caught you and I would have murdered you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn those stilettos I just wear everywhere because I'm a mistress and I must. And he kept her in a fancy French... A pa- Parisian apartment in the 16th arrondissement. Yeah, which feels, and I love as well, because you could not remember when we discussed the story before recording what arrondissement it was, and it was like, 16th, if it's a posh mistress, is the 16th. <laughs> um, we've got a place for them. And um, and that's where they um, went. But yeah, but at the same time, she because uh, um, apparently they went to uh, sex clubs in Paris. Which have um, got an amazing name. Uh, 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 I, I love how, yeah, how much you love this. But no, I think like Club Libertin is probably what... what have you got a postal address? I've got some condoms I could send. <laughs> <laughs> but I really love the fact that they're called, like, basically, essentially libertine clubs. Yes, which mm. I think is probably chicer than sex clubs. Yeah, so um, much Swingers than, clubs. Yeah, than the British version. Just um, a car park off the M6. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, but, but at the same time, um, it, it is quite bleak because I think it... Hints at, so we don't have the full details of the mistress, but what she's hinted at in court um, is that it was actually quite a controlling relationship and not all very fun. So she accused him of forcing her into a dissolute life of heavy champagne drinking and visits to Paris sex clubs. So, oh, my heart weeps for you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It just sounds really glam, doesn't it? It does. So, yeah, so I I do feel bad for this woman because clearly she did have, I think, an unpleasant time with um, this very rich uh, champagne man. But it's hard to make it sound very bad. And also he's got an amazing plan for retirement. Uh, He does. Uh, So talking of his future retirement, he said, it will be a beautiful day. (laughs) They will offer me two little dogs because I want to take care of two dogs. The conversation will be superb. I will have no mistress anymore. 
my wife will be happy. <laughs> my main concern is why are two dogs and a mistress kind of you know put on the same? <laughs> I mean, the, the main. Well, once you've got one dog. Oh, he saw it and kicked it in the back of the net. But it's the the thing that really makes me all of it is it's just to a non-French person the most French story ever. (laughs) Especially the two little dogs. Mistress, two little dogs, cutting the dick off, champagne. It's like high heels. You forgot as well. (laughs) Bishbosh, I think you mean. Sorry, (laughs) Bishbosh. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Marie. Thank you. And thanks to Finn. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow Paper Cuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then leave us five stars on Spotify and Apple and a VVG Gold Star Child of the Week review. You can also follow us on X and Instagram at Paper Cuts Show. Links are in the show notes. And don't forget, fix the headline. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when residents in a Cornish town have had one of their letterboxes shut because snails were eating all the letters. Is that why they call it snail mail? <laughs> I keep that noise in, I reckon. <laughs> See you next time. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Marie LeConte and Finn Taylor. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The managing editor of News was Jacob Jarvis. Production support was from Adam Wright and the producer was Sophie Black. The music was composed by Simon Williams and the executive producer was Martin Boytosh.